Welcome to the Paralegal Voice, where you hear the latest issues and trends in the world of paralegals and legal assistance by two of the best-known paralegals in the industry, Vicki Voison and Linda Venny. Each of them paralegals for over 20 years and both dedicated to helping legal professionals reach their goals. You're listening to the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice. Thanks for joining us for our monthly podcast here on the Legal Talk Network. Today, I'm hosting the show by myself. Uh, Vicki Voison was unable to be with us, but if you haven't already checked out her resources at www.paralegalmentor.com, where she offers a number of resources, including excellent CLEs and a blog and free weekly e-zine. If you haven't already taken advantage of her resources, uh, you can go to her website and access those. I'm a North Carolina State Bar Certified Paralegal for a small civil rights firm in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I co-authored a National Workers' Compensation and Civil Injury Textbook for Paralegals. Uh, it's called Workers' Compensation Practice for Paralegals. And I blog for the paralegal profession at practicalparalegalism.com. Uh, we'd like to take a minute and thank our sponsors, NALA, which is a professional association for legal assistance and providing continuing education and professional certification programs for paralegals at NALA.org, as well as SunTrust, offering private wealth management solutions at SunTrust.com backslash law. The goal of the Paralegal Voice is to discuss a wide range of topics important to the paralegal industry and to share with you leading trends, significant developments, and resources that we think you'll find helpful in your careers and everyday jobs. Um, We'll also have guests on the program that help us explore timely topics. On today's show, we will spotlight the IPMA, the International Paralegal Management Association. First, we'd like to welcome Karen Tushak, president of IPMA. Karen is the director of paraprofessional services in the Toronto office of Fraser Milner Casgrain LLP. With over 25 years of experience in the legal profession, both with law firms and with an in-house legal department of a major corporation. Karen, thank you so much for being with us today. Could you My tell pleasure. us a little Thank you. Could you tell us a little bit about how you became a paralegal manager? Sure. I started off being a paralegal in um, a law firm and then moved to an in-house corporate environment that was looking at hiring paralegals and wanted to set up a department. With my experience, they put me into hiring and managing um, the new law clerks that they were bringing on board. And from there, I never looked back. I then, several years later, moved back into a law firm environment where I manage all of the paralegals in all of the different practice areas. Excellent. Um, we'd also like to welcome Stacy McLean. She is the president-elect of IPMA. Uh, Stacy is also director of professional development and legal support services at O'Malveny and Myers in Los Angeles, California. She began her career as a litigation paralegal at O'Malveny and Myers and managed numerous litigation matters and client investigations. Welcome, Stacy. Can you, you tell us a little bit about your career path? Well, um, very similar to Karen, I started as a litigation paralegal. Um, I actually started as a temp at O'Malveny and Myers right after I got my paralegal certificate and um, progressed in my career and gradually got more responsibility. 
I worked for a while as a, the working lead, and then I was doing paralegal work and coordinating the workflow for the paralegals in one of our offices. Um, I then took a little break from O'Malveny and went in-house to a large corporation and spent some time managing a number of, of legal matters there. And um, I had actually stayed in touch with my um, colleagues at O'Malveny. And when an opening for a full-time paralegal manager opened up, I came back to the firm. And since then, I've continued to progress in my career um, from a local paralegal manager to firm-wide director. Excellent. Um, I think that's an interesting path and a lot of our um, audience members are going to be interested in, you know, pursuing advancement in their careers. Um, our last guest is Sylvia Naim. She is the Secretary Treasurer of IPMA. Sylvia is also the Department Head of Mayor and Gears Paralegals and Legal Administrative Assistance. She is responsible for the high-level supervision and direction of paralegal services firm-wide and the secretarial services for the Minneapolis office. Welcome, Sylvia. Uh, can you Thank tell you. us a little bit about your career path? Sure. Um, it's pretty much the same as Karen and Stacy. Uh, I've been working at Maringear as a uh, litigation paralegal, and uh, we had a department head uh, that uh, was an attorney but wasn't really doing much with, with managing the paralegals. Um, so there was an opportunity where the firm was looking to um, to hire someone to manage the paralegals, and I, I showed an interest, and uh, it was something that they were willing to test out so I gradually uh, worked as a coordinator where I was just managing billable hours at the beginning. And then um, with each year, with every every few months, they would continue to add responsibilities to my duties, um, which ultimately just morphed into the paralegal manager position, which I've been now doing for four years. And uh, just recently then took over all of the legal secretaries um, at the Minneapolis office. So it was a, a natural progression within the firm. Um, that's interesting. I've always been managed by attorneys, but I'd like to think that uh, people who have worked as legal staffers and paralegals um, would really make excellent, um, empathetic managers. Uh, Karen, can you tell us a little bit about the uh, history and mission of IPMA? Sure. The IPMA was actually born in a suite of rooms at the Madison Hotel in Washington, D.C. in 1984, when a group of then senior paralegal managers got together and discussed whether there was a need for this sort of association that focused on the professional development of paralegal managers. Um, they decided after speaking with other professional associations and law societies um, that there was a need and they put together a annual conference, the first one being in Chicago in about 1984, um, to see how that would take off and it took off great and it's been growing ever since. Um, it was originally called the Legal Assistant Management Association and then in 2005, it was renamed the International Paralegal Management Association to better suit what it really was doing in today's environment. The mission of the IPMA is basically to promote the development, professional standing, and visibility of paralegal management professionals, um, not just in North America, but all around the world. And that's a big task. Um, <laughs> I want to direct this question to Stacy. Um, what do paralegal managers generally do? Um, outside of the day-to-day -day sort of uh, litigation support task. Um, and I'm going to ask you specifically, what is the hardest part of your job? Sure. Well, um, generally, the duties of the paralegal manager will vary depending on the firm and the size of the department. 
but you know they're really tasked with the the daily supervision of paralegals, um, coordinating their workflow, making sure that they're you know they're being used and that work is getting to the people with the right skills. Um, they often deal with employee relations issues and discipline, um, budgeting for their department, monitoring profitability, um, training, providing you know, continuing education to paralegals and also to, in marketing the services of their paralegals to the attorneys. That's um, a lot of hats. Seeing, yes, a lot of hats. And we're seeing a, you know, a trend to more and more firms having working paralegal managers, and that means that they're doing you know, some litigation work as well as managing the group. And I, I think for those folks, that's, that's the hardest part of the job because litigation in itself, itself is so unpredictable that it can be very difficult to manage a demanding workload and have enough time left over to, you know, make sure your group is running on track and that people are getting the appropriate feedback and attention. Um, and Stacy, do you think that trend is the result of the recession? Yeah, definitely. I think lots of law firms are trying to, you know, see how they can um, get by with fewer resources. And that's, you know, that's one trend. Sure. I'm also going to ask you, um, I know our listeners uh, who are interested in um, promotion and pursuing um, managerial opportunities are going to want to know um, what areas of the country and types of employers offer the most opportunities for paralegal managers? And do you think that relocation is likely during a paralegal manager's career? Sure. I, I think that, you know, in terms of the most opportunity for potential paralegal managers, you'd be looking at the larger cities that have um, strong concentrations of, of law firms. That doesn't mean that all the paralegal jobs are in big cities, but um, they do tend to cluster in places like New York or Chicago, um, Northern California, Southern California. Right. Um, in in terms of relocation, you know, I don't think that it's something that's necessarily likely unless that's something the candidate is interested in. Mm-hmm. For example, they may feel like they're in a market where there are only one or two firms that have paralegal manager jobs. And they might want to move to to a larger city such as New York where there's more opportunity. Sure. Um, And if someone is thinking about becoming a paralegal manager, uh, assuming that they're a paralegal who's worked successfully uh, for a number of years, um, what kind of additional training or education is advised? Are master's degrees uh, generally helpful? And if so, uh, what majors do you suggest? Sure. Well, you know, I think, think, Lynn, that you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said it's very helpful to have people who have worked as a paralegal uh, so that they understand the the work and the dynamics of the environment. Um, in, in terms of other training, you know, some sort of continuing education in HR, such as an HR certification, um, you know, that can be very useful. And um, I do think master's degrees are helpful, although not definitely not a requirement. Um, an MBA is great because it gives you a, a really well-rounded view of, of business issues, um, organizational behavior, finance, HR. Those types of areas of study are all very helpful in, in a managerial environment. And I think the lesson is that, you know, you really should try to get the most broad education that you can so that you have opportunities to advance, you know, not just into managing paralegals, but in potentially taking on other areas of responsibility at the firm. 
That's pretty exciting, I know, for some of our listeners who are thinking, you know, where do I go next? And I'm thinking, of, you know, I'd like to get education beyond a bachelor's degree, and what do I do? Um, I know our listeners are going to want you guys' input on this question. It has to do with uh, the market for paralegals. Um, it has been somewhat depressed for the last two years. Um, Sylvia, do you see that loosening up or improving? I do. Um, I, see, I do see that improving. Um, you know, the, the paralegal profession has changed so much, particularly in the last few years. And we're seeing more and more paralegals take on the non-traditional roles um, with in areas such as litigation support and e-discovery. But even beyond the litigation, we're, we're still seeing avenues open up. Um, another area that we're also seeing open up for paralegals is project management as well. Um, so in addition to those areas, we're also noticing that our clients are actually becoming more informed on the use and utilization of paralegals for the delivery of cost-effective legal services. And so as a result, they're driving the demand for the lower legal, legal cost, which is then resulting in the increased utilization of the paralegals. Absolutely. I'm glad you said that because um, I said that on a recent podcast to LexisNexis. So um, I'm glad to hear you say that too. I'm going to direct this question to Karen. Uh, in terms of specialty areas, where are paralegals currently the most in demand? Um, this is where I see a bit of a difference um, between the United States and Canada. Um, uh -huh. My experience is that in the United States, the litigation area and the litigation support and the e-discovery is a, a real big demand area for paralegals. Um, it is somewhat in Canada as well, although it's coming along slower. In Canada, it's more so in the corporate and real estate areas where the really high demand is. Um, I'm also going to follow up um, with Sylvia. Uh, and again, I know our listeners really want to this information, and you guys do interview and hire paralegals. Um, when you are hiring a paralegal, what are you placing the most emphasis on, um, such as education, experience, or any kind of particular certifications? Well, you know, for me, uh, the first and foremost is that I look for individuals who have chosen this profession as a career as opposed to a stepping stone to something else. Um, so with that in mind, I look for education and experience. Those are probably the two that, that I put above anything else. Um, it's important to me um, that paralegals have the right education. At our firm, and I know this is different um, on depending on the firm, but our firm, the minimum requirement for any paralegal position is a four-year degree and a paralegal certificate from an ABA-accredited institution. Um, and some of that is also actually driven by our clients as well as they're requiring some paralegals to be um, certificated from an ABA-accredited institution prior to working on any of the files. Um, with respect to the experience, you know, that that does vary. Uh, it's definitely based on the type of position that we're seeking to fill and the job knowledge required for it. Typically, we hire experienced paralegals, anything over five to six years of experience. However, again, it does vary on the position and the practice group. With respect to certification, it's not a requirement for any of our paralegals, um, nor have we made it a requirement for any of our paralegal positions. However, I think if I was presented with a candidate who was qualified and was also certified, I would consider that to be an extra added bonus. I'm glad you emphasized the bachelor's degree because that's probably the one main advice I give for um, paralegals who contact me with two-year degrees that if at all possible, they work on that bachelor's degree even if they are working full-time in a law firm to gain experience. Um, it is time to take a quick break now. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Karen Tushak, Stacy McLean, and Sylvia Naim. Now a word from our sponsors. 
Nala means professional. Nala offers classroom and web-based continuing education and professional development for all paralegals. And Nala's certified paralegal credential has been a gold standard of professionalism for over 30 years. More than 15,000 paralegals have this certification, and nearly 2,000 have achieved the demanding advanced certified paralegal. Nala works actively with others in the legal field to promote the value of paralegals and to advance paralegal professionalism. See more about why Nala means professional at www.nala.org. Has the recent economic climate affected the financial goals of your firm? Get back on track with help from SunTrust. Our private wealth management legal specialty group works solely with lawyers and their firms to deliver unique solutions designed for the legal community. SunTrust advisors give you sound guidance on everything from maximizing cash flow and waiting through benefits planning to understanding how to retain attorneys and staff. Learn more at www.suntrust.com legal. SunTrust. Live solid. Bank solid. SunTrust Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. I'm Lynn DeVenny, and our guests today are Karen Tushak, Stacey McLean, and Sylvia Naeem of IPMA, the International Paralegal Management Association. Uh, Sylvia, if a paralegal applicant gets as far as a first interview, what advice do you have for the interview itself? Um, for me, there's there's a lot of different things that play into this. Um, definitely know your resume and be prepared to identify and discuss your skills, interests, values, your strengths and weaknesses, accomplishments, and interest in the position and the company. Um, another key factor is do your homework. Um, before you come to the interview, research the position, research the company and the person with whom you'll be interviewing with. Also come to the interview with questions because this is not only the interview of the person seeking the position, but it is also the candidate's it's also the opportunity for the candidate to interview the company. So it's their opportunity to ask questions and decide if this is the right place for them. Do your homework. Um, Karen, where can listeners get more information regarding IPMA? And I know you guys have an annual conference, and uh, I think it's going to be in Boston this year. It is. <laughs> um, our website is www.paralegalmanagement.org. Um, and it's actually a brand new, we just launched a new website. Um, we do have an annual CLE conference that's being held in Boston this year from October 12th to the 15th. Um, in addition to our annual conference, we have webinars that are offered um, all year long on different topics. And we also have one-day management training seminars for new managers or people looking at moving into a paralegal management role. Um, and it's a really intensive full day that takes them through all of the different areas that they would now be responsible for and how to transition into that role. That sounds very helpful. Um, Karen, do you have any other suggestions for online resources or publications that paralegals who want to advance to a paralegal manager position might check out? There's a lot of different areas that um, 
people would have to look to. They would look to, you know, a local HR association, a local management skills association. Um, on our website as well, we have an area called management resources where we do um, give links to all of the law-related associations and a list of resources for current paralegal managers or people that are looking to become paralegal managers. So I would suggest people refer people to that as it's a really extensive list. And I think I looked at your site. You guys also have a magazine that if people um, can't necessarily do membership at this time, they can still uh, get a separate subscription to your magazine, correct? Yes, they can. Great. This is to our listeners. If you have any questions about today's show, please email them to theparalegalvoice at gmail.com. We're going to take another short break and come back with some paralegal news and announcements. We'll be right back. And I want to thank all of the uh, board members of IPMA for being with us today. Interested in having a show on Legal Talk Network? We'd like to talk to you about building your firm's marketing strategy with legal podcasts. Give us a call at 781-551-9960. That's LegalTalkNetwork.com. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. I'm going to share a social media tip that I hope fits in with today's theme of uh, interviewing and seeking paralegal work. Um, your virtual first impression is just as important as your physical first impression. And there are so many great resources for paralegal students, people seeking work to uh, network and get to know other paralegals online. But definitely, no matter what you're doing, whether you're discussing uh, things in a paralegal group on Facebook or in a LinkedIn discussion group or one of the uh, major paralegal listservs such as Paralegal Gateway and Paralegal Today's Forum, always remember to check your grammar. Uh, make sure that your emails or uh, posts to the discussion group are uh, grammatically correct, um, professional, that your signature is professional because you don't know who's reading your uh, online introduction or question and making judgments about you. Uh, it could be somebody that would be uh, potentially able to offer you a job or help you along in your career. So just remember your online first impression is just as important as that first impression at a job interview. You can access both Vicki and my websites. Uh, Vicki's is www.paralegalmentor.com and mine is www.practicalparalegalism.com. That's all the time we have today for the Paralegal Voice. This is Lynn DeVinney thanking you all for joining us today and reminding you to make your Paralegal Voice heard. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to The Paralegal Voice with Linda Venny and Vicki Voison. This podcast is produced by the Legal Talk Network. Be sure to get the next edition of the podcast. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes.
The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.